Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. I tip my hand to the keeper of the stars. He sure knew what he was doing. Get to fuck. Yeah, hear the battle cry. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening. This is Chain Wrestling with Mags and Sai. I am Sai, and I'm overjoyed to welcome you along to listen again. Uh, with me, as always, the other half of the Mags and Sai combo, the G1A block to my G1B block, <laughs> the big fish to my little teeny bits of Japanese sushi. You know, the ones with the little wasabi <laughs> stuff that you get that's really nice. You know, um, my wife's favorite podcaster, the podfather himself, Mr. Mags. How are we doing, sir? Wow. I think I may have to change my Twitter bio now to uh, Simon's wife's favorite podcaster. That is a, <laughs> an, an amazing compliment. And to get it out there to make sure she uh, she gets her fill of Mags, get to fuck. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> the reason I say that is because... Uh, my wife votes quite often in the in the chain. <laughs> totally against you. Every I said, time. I said so did you vote this week? And she said, yeah. And I said, what did you vote for? She went, well, um, uh, Omega Naito, of course. I, I love Omega. I love Naito, which she does. She's, she's a big, especially Naito. Was like, she's a huge Naito fan. Mm-hmm. I was like, all oh, right. So you voted against me then? And she went, well, yeah, because I like that option better. <laughs> And I was like, all right, fine. I called her a name and that was that really. But yeah, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) This week, mate, this week, she preferred your option to mine. So Uh, there we go then. So speaking of this week, how you been, mate? I can't blame her. It's class. It was a a really good option, to be fair. Absolutely fantastic. (laughs) It was absolutely brilliant. Absolutely good stuff. Um, Yeah, how was your week, bud? Yeah, not too bad. Uh... Same old, same old. Being in lockdown, the, these weeks are kind of like melded into one another. It's a, it's a poor do when I'm separating uh, the weeks by what podcast I've got booked in my diary. Yeah, I get you. <laughs> I get you. Um, I've actually had a really weird, well, this was the last couple of hours. Um, but it, the week affects it, I guess. I was, I was a little bit poorly at the start of the week. Oh dear. Um, yeah, yeah, a bit of a jippy tummy, mate. It's my own, my own doing. Uh, my wife made something really, really nice for dinner, and she said, "Don't eat too much of that because you know how you get." And she's right. I do know how I get, but I've got no willpower. So <laughs> I ate a load of it. She went to bed. I ate a load more, and I had a bit of a bad belly. So I ended up having a day or two off work because of it. Um, ended up being a little bit more poorly than I expected. So I don't know if there was something else going along with that, whether I had some kind of little bug or, or whatever. And, and I found out today, as I've explained before, we were, um, uh, I've been doing agency work since being made redundant from my, my last proper job, I guess you might call it. Um, I spoke to the agency today to find out that the contract's been cancelled. So that's it. Me done. Because oh, I've wow. Well, they've cut a few other people as well. I, don't, I think, I think they, the company's downsizing because of the yeah, pandemic yeah. and so on. So, But yeah, because I had a couple of days off, I'm, I'm assuming that contributes to it. But 
you know, there we go. I, I understand. I've been in a management position before. I understand how frustrating it is when people don't uh, don't go into work. I fully get that. Mm-hmm. So that was a bit of a concern, a bit of a worry. Um, and then, oddly, within maybe 15, 20 minutes, I had another phone call from a different agency asking if I was available for some work. So I've gone oh, wow. from I've gone from working for one place. And then literally 15 minutes, 20 minutes later, getting a random phone call and somebody else saying, oh, yeah, you can start Wednesday night. So it was well, a really, really well, yeah, it was great, great timing. But it's just an odd scenario over the field mm-hmm. with, with my dog and my daughter kicking a ball around. And, and that sort of happens. And I've gone from feeling like I've been firmly kicked squarely in the nuts through to being, oh, OK, well, everything's all right then in the space of like 20 minutes. So it was really strange. <laughs> And is this new place uh, better in terms of access? Because I know you were having to like bus half the way around Gloucester to to get uh, to it. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the, the place I just left, I was working the Saturday and the Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. And on a Sunday, it was a bloody nightmare. This is actually working nights, but because of the timing of it, it's and it's Monday through to Friday or Thursday, however way, way it works. But it's, it's week work anyway. Mm-hmm. It actually works out easier to get to from where I am, even though I am still busting it, and it's night shift, so that works out, works out fine, yeah. So. Oh, good. Win-win. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I've got, I've got an extra day off tomorrow, which is going to be nice. Um, I'll, on the course, my couple of days off this week, I've also noticed how potentially psychotic or deranged my, my cat Lemmy is. Um <laughs> Those who follow me on Twitter are aware that my, my ginger cat, Lemmy, named after the uh, iconic Motorhead frontman, um, one of my favourite bands, he's a bit of a character, to say the least. Um, he's got a fascination about cars and has done ever since he was allowed to go out the house, which is a bit of a worry because cats, to me, should run away from cars, Max. Do you know what I mean? And he runs towards cars. He sits in the middle of the road. I've seen oh. him um, in the last week or so, or last two weeks, potentially, I've seen him stop the traffic where he just sits in the middle of the road meowing at the cars as they come towards him um i've seen him uh, yesterday the wife went out because she came back in he was in the middle of the driveway and he literally started jumping up and down on the spot so she could see him whilst meowing but still refusing to get out of the way of the car so it's a little bit of a concern but it's also in a way quite humorous watching this bloody idiot meowing at these huge objects and all the traffic just stops for him like he's you know king of the walk or something you know it's <laughs> <laughs> that's that uh weirdly enough is not the only story i've heard today about cats and cars oh, okay but the one the one i heard was a, a little bit more kind of a had a morbid end to it but you know um, uh, britney spears not personally, but yeah. No, obviously, obviously not. She's not <laughs> nipping around your house for a brew. Uh, but yeah, the right. person, Britney Spears, she's she's got a, a younger sister called Jamie Lynn Spears, uh, and uh, she uh, put a, a tweet out, uh, basically blaming Elon Musk for her killing many of her pet cats, and it's because the cut she has a tesla and because they've got electric motors and they don't like they don't make the sound of a petrol engine the cats can't hear the car coming and she just plows right through him so apparently she's uh run over several of her own pet cats because of uh owning a tesla car bloody hell <laughs> yeah not not the fact that if it happened once maybe learn to beep your horn as you as you're uh pulling out or if it happened to us, maybe don't have a Tesla because it's it's putting your cat's laughs at risk. But yeah, wait till you've you've killed several of your own pets before putting the blame on someone else because you're too inept to to like basically know better. Yeah, to sound out a warning to your little moggy friends, you know. It's uh, yeah. Oh, bloody hell. See, Lemmy's just a moron, my cat. I mean, you could beat the mm-hmm. horn. You shout at him, whatever, and the wife does. He's she probably come running. Well, she she's done it before. She's opened the. Uh, I'll put a picture up on on the Twitter um, after the show so everyone can see. But um, he's gone on the school run with the wife before to pick the uh, pick the kids up just because she's opened the car door to say, "Let me get out of the bloody way." And he jumps in the car and sits in the passenger seat. So he's he's wow. a bit of a plonker. He needs. I think he needs a lead or something to sort of walk in like a dog <laughs> rather than a cat. He's that much of a that much of a tool. A cat lead. 
Yeah, exactly. Another invention for the the Sam and Powell conglomerate. Oh, there we go. The, the sort of chain wrestling mags and <laughs> empire. Our sandwich exactly. man, our, our wonderful um, cream, cream soda cologne. Cream soda. Oh, that's that's money maker, mate. That is a, that's a, honestly cream soda smells fantastic. That's going to be a money spinner. I can jack in all these agency jobs, then, mate. We're going to be rich. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, then. Shall we? Uh, shall we? Shall we talk some wrestling, Max? Whilst we're here, we might as well. Yeah. Um, winning the poll from last week's episode, I think it was sixty-one percent. It got um, in the end was mm-hmm. Max's choice of Kenny Omega versus. Uh, Tatsui Naito from the 2016 G1, like the last, um, the last night of B Block, wasn't it, Max? It was correct. The 13th of uh, August 2016. If you want to go and watch it on uh, New Japan World, that's right. Oh, I'll tell you what, trying to find that today on New Japan World. I don't know why. It... Did you did you really struggle? A lot of people struggle with uh with New Japan World's uh, kind of interface, but I just literally type in the uh, Kenny Omega Tetsuyanato, and it comes up with a list of the matches, and then bang, fan, it comes up. I think it was like maybe the third or fourth pick. See, I I put in just Omega Naito. Yeah, I, I didn't put in versus all their first names, mm-hmm. and it came up with no, um, with no matches found, and I was like, well, there must be something. You know, <laughs> it's not like they've just disappeared like Chris Benoit off the network or something like that. Do you know what I mean? It's like there must be yeah. some reference to them, but no, it just said no. Eventually, I found it though. Um, and it was the like I said, the last night of B Block. Um, mm-hmm. and it was, a, it, was, it was effectively almost like a winner takes all with the added side that if it went the time limit, Naito would have gone through to the final. Kenny had to actually win, didn't he? Correct. Um, and and like we were saying uh, pre-recording, I had to kind of refresh myself into why uh, this match was so significant, apart from obviously winning the B block. Um, so yeah, um, props to a guy called Alex. Uh, Pog, I'm going to butcher his name, but Poggorski, who uh, writes for TGR Wrestling. Um, he's a uh, He's done a, a really in detail uh, write up about uh, the kind of uh, the the backstory going into this match. So, uh, for context, in case people who, who have not uh, who have got into New Japan uh, around the time of Jericho and uh, 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 Kenny versus Tanashi and stuff like that, I'll, I'll just uh, go through uh, the, the 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 stuff that uh, Alex has wrote up uh, yeah, to, to give a little bit of a backstory. Yeah, great. So story. basically, we've got. Uh, Nato and Omega, two uh, faction leaders, two heels essentially going into this match. Um, but they both had kind of like um, extra meaning for, for wanting to, to to win this. So for, for Tetsuya Nato, he had gone on uh, excursion to uh, to the US and to CML, uh, CMLL. And he had come back, at, uh, and he he was able to wrestle uh, a card at Wrestle Kingdom Eight as a pure kind of a white meat baby face. But he was kind of a that that match left him uh, upset and pissed off because not only did he lose the match, but he actually lost a fan vote for for being in the main event spot. Uh, that main event actually went to uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the Intercontinental Championship, and that meant that uh, his match with Okada was relegated to the core main event, and that's that kind of really stuck in Nato's uh, crawl, really. It really kind of annoyed him. So he went away again in uh, 2015 for a short excursion, again back to CMLL, and that's when he came back with uh, with the um, the Tranquilo personality that, that he, he became so successful with. He, uh, he was part of uh, Los Ingobernables over in, in CMLL, and he brought that version over with him, uh, and he formed Los Ingobernables de Japón, which became basically a huge success. But he brought this kind of... Um, I don't care, uh, nothing really matters to me attitude. If you remember uh, around that time, he had the intercontinental title and he, he just absolutely abused it to the yeah. point where he destroyed <laughs> it and um, they had to get a, a, a Pakistani-made uh, replica uh, to replace the RC title because they didn't 
Uh, they're in a, a bit of a dispute with the original designs owner, and he wouldn't allow them to have uh, a second belt made, so they had to go on the the black market almost and, and get a replica one. I didn't know that. So, oh, did you know? Oh, well. Oh, I, I, I remember um, Naito, um, you see the images like in recap videos and packages for matches later in his career, don't you? Where he's, mm-hmm. he's throwing the belt around and doesn't really yeah. seem to show any respect and all that sort of stuff. Um, I didn't realise that they had to get a, a sort of what to, to use your words a, a black market replica made that, that's really interesting yeah um if you uh get any kind of a um, chance to look back at this year's wrestle kingdom with uh, uh when uh uh kotobushi picks up both belts you can really see the difference uh, i mean obviously with someone who has uh some rec- replica belts you can uh you can see like where they built up uh, a, a genuine belt will be built up in, in kind of plates so they almost had give away like a 3d effect um whereas the the, the replicas are usually cast out of one plate so you'll see that it actually looks flatter a lot flatter than than the than the the uh um, the real belt. So, if you compare the the heavyweight and the RC belt side, side by side on on Kotobusha, it really stands out. You can really tell the difference. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, going back to back to Nato, he had come back with this uh, uh, I don't care attitude. But one thing that he did really care about was was getting kind of the redemption of of headlining Wrestle Kingdom and headlining it against Okada. Now. Uh, Nato going into uh, the G1 had only just lost that title. He'd come back from excursion. He'd uh, beat Carter um, uh, uh, for that title, but then dropped it again at Dominion, which was the the show going into this G1. So he he really wanted to to kind of get back to uh, being able to transfer that that title and getting his redemption. Something that obviously we wouldn't see uh, until a, a couple of years after. Uh, going into Kenny's story, um, just going uh, at the beginning of this year, he'd uh, he'd ousted AJ Styles as the the leader of Bullet Club at New Year's Dash. Um, and he was a, a, a junior heavyweight, but he'd, he'd only just lost that title at Wrestle Kingdom 10, and he was like kind of making that push into being a, a heavyweight. Uh, and this was kind of the tournament that not only would solidify him as the leader of Bullet Club, but also uh, as one of the, the better heavyweights in New Japan. And he, he's, his story was that he needed this win to be able to challenge a Carter and, and prove that he was the, the ace of the Gaijins in, in New Japan. Right, okay. Well, that, that's it's interesting, especially the Naito stuff mm-hmm. uh, and the fan votes deciding who goes on last and so on. Um, when in comparison, obviously that means a great deal for them to put it to the fans and the wrestlers like Naito um, obviously affecting him. And in comparison to, say, uh, WWE, when they argue it doesn't matter, with CM Punk as an example, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. who goes on last, we have four or five main events or whatever nonsense they spin. It's, it's interesting to see the, the difference between the two companies and, I suppose, approaches, isn't it? Absolutely, and, and also... Uh, in current WWE, or, or at least over the last uh, few years or so, storylines are over and done in uh, a couple of months. That, and this is something that really kind of stuck with Nato from two and a half years before this this match between him and Omega actually happened. So it was really good, slow building, long-term booking that uh, Gato has just been an absolute expert with over the last few years of just planting a little seed and, and letting that story naturally grow. And then we get that the, the culmination maybe years years after but you can always look back and go now that's what that kind of like uh, comment or that kind of attitude change was all about and it's that that's really what drags me in with uh, new japan apart from the the quality wrestling but more the the really good long-term storytelling yeah definitely definitely and i suppose as well i don't know they don't have weekly television do they so i don't no. know if that, if that well, is they may be doing soon yeah, I, I heard about they're going to have a, a weekly show in the US and the UK, um, but that's kind of where my my knowledge stops. Do you know any more than that, Max? Um, uh, well, they've signed a deal with uh, Eurosport in India. Now, the the company that owns the the 
Indian news but also owns the, the the one that we get in the UK so it's potentially we may get a, a weekly show on on Eurosport but um, it, I suppose it all depends on what what kind of product they, they're looking to put out I remember the access uh, product that they had on on in America was was kind of almost like a clip show uh, there wasn't any real kind of a storyline base. You'd usually get uh, matches from uh, pay-per-views months and months uh, behind and stuff like that. So hopefully we are going to get some sort of a, uh, of weekly show. I mean, if not, and we do get a clip show, I'm, I'm still happy enough to watch it because it's still great wrestling. But I would like to see kind of that, that uh, merger into a clip show. I mean, Potentially, it may be just uh, New Japan uh, strong. We we could get that with uh, with there being a uh, already like set up to to produce that in America. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I I'd watch. I'd, I'd really I really like that. I think a weekly sort of a weekly show of any sort. I suppose more wrestling the better. I guess. Um. Okay, going into the match, then we have the we have the introductions. Um, I'm right in thinking that. In theory, both wrestlers here are supposed to be heels, aren't they? Both wrestlers are supposed to be yeah. bad guys, yeah. but the crowd is very, very much behind Naito, isn't it? Aren't they? With big Naito chance, and mm-hmm. he is just an absolute dude. He is so cool, just coming out yeah. in his suit, and um, like you said, the whole attitude of nothing really matters to him, just you know, brushing everything off, and just this whole attitude is just—it's just so cool, you know? Yeah, and and the the irony of the that he when he pandered to the fans when he was was that kind of pure uh white meat baby face the fans kind of almost rejected him they like i said they, they voted for an uh a, ta- a lesser title to be the headline of, of the biggest show of the year so it's ironic that he then starts to not absolutely give a shit about anything or anyone, and he suddenly is one of the most popular wrestlers in the world. I mean, he's, he wins the, the Tokyo Sports Popular Wrestler Award pretty much every single year, uh, even though he's meant to be a heel. So, yeah, it's the irony, irony that he didn't give a shit and everybody suddenly loves him again. Yeah, yeah, and that whole white meat baby face sort of character that many people play quite well, I suppose, can be very, very difficult in modern times um mm-hmm. you can go back to to hogan when the yellow and red run was kind of wearing a bit thin um well, i suppose lex luger in 93 is another one where the crowd kind of rejected him as as the baby face i mean if lex luger can't put it off mags no one can eh? yeah you know? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> because he because he is the best actor in all of wrestling i kind of likened him to maybe being like um the rock where when rock was really trying to be the people's favourite with the old Flex Cavana uh, um, stuff, and the the people didn't want it. And then it's only when he kind of like turned uh, and was was more edgy and more kind of himself, but turned all the way up to eleven, that people really kind of started to gravitate towards him. And I, I, it's it's I get similar vibes with this kind of NATO uh, switch. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. Yeah, that's good. That's a good show. Um we get more examples of this Naito attitude as the match starts. They, they almost, um, they sort of shape to tie up a couple of times and Naito literally just turns just slightly away and walks off and it just completely mugs Omega off a few times, doesn't yeah. it? It's, it's brilliant. <laughs> and I, I've always loved the kind of like flippy does into like the tranquilo pose on the, on the uh, ring floor. It's so, it's so cocky, so kind of like disrespectful. Uh, and then, not long after that, they start a spitting war, which uh, is quite disgusting. Yeah, oh, yeah, and it, it you know it starts off, it starts off with a bit, and then a bit more, and then there's just spit flying everywhere. It's like yeah. what are those animals? It's like they're Jap- llamas. Like, yeah, they're like Japanese llamas or Japanese alpacas or something, just gobbing on each other yeah. left, right, and centre. It's like, yeah. come on, have a word. There's no need, is there? Not a good look. No, um, absolutely not. Early on, then Naito works uh, the knee, uh, leg, but mainly the knee of Kenny Omega, and we keep coming back again. It's the storytelling in New Japan, isn't it? It's the, it's it's, it's so well done because it, this ends up being like a, a um a thread running throughout the whole match, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And uh, I've had a, a a bit of a debate about uh, 
uh, New Japan's uh, kind of selling of, of um, injuries to body parts with a, a friend of mine called Ray Cash. And we were talking about uh, Kota against um, uh, Jay White at, at this year's uh, Wrestle Kingdom, how yep, Jay yeah. really f- focused on on uh, on the, the leg and then all of a sudden it was absolutely fine and they forgot about it. In this match, they didn't. They really kept going back to the, the fact that Omega's knee was uh, was was worse for wear uh, when he went for the, the... where he does the victory roll and jumps onto the, the second rope for a moonsault. He wasn't able to pull it off properly because the knee was was hurting him. Um, when he when he was going for the, the, the plancher over the top rope on, on to, uh, into the crowd... He, he paused because he had to basically make sure his knee was okay. Really good st- uh, selling and really good storytelling from from both guys. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That that moonsault or, or plancher, sorry, um, going out into the crowd. That's after he's is that after he's power bombed Naito onto that table. Yeah, that uh, oh, they started. Wow. And that is a Japanese table, folks. I mean, we spoke about it uh, on a on a previous episode. They do not like breaking, and you could see it was that was a table that had had been through some wars because you could see that on the corners were all chipped. I think that table was about two days away from retirement, and they've ended up killing it off with with that uh, power bomb. But Jesus Christ, it looked <laughs> brutal, like the old pop in those American TV shows. Yeah, like a day exactly. or two from retirement, and doesn't quite make it. Look, you know, poor table man. He, he he earned his retirement that table. He certainly did. <laughs> um, we also get an absolutely vicious body slam from Kenny Omega onto like the, the edge of the ring apron on the outside mm-hmm. and there's a replay of it um, on the version I saw on New Japan World there's a replay of it that they slow down and it looks a lot of these moves obviously, when it's slowed down especially when you're watching say WWE for example they don't look anywhere near as bad but this looked worse in the replay it was uh, anyone who says ooh you know wrestling's fake and da 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 that's the sort of thing they need to see because these guys do you know, predetermined or not, they really put their bodies through a lot to entertain us, don't they, Max? Yeah, absolutely. And and if you listen to uh, the English commentary for for this match, you, uh, Rocky Romero goes through a, a a tale where he said that these rings are, are brand new; that they'd only been in uh, in circulation for a couple of months. And he said the previous rings were that that part of the of the ring was actually covered with a thin layer of pad. He said these ones aren't; these ones are, are literally just uh, canvas and metal. Said so that that would have been especially painful. Yeah, definitely. Um, something else that came across especially painful was some of the chops that Omega dishes out. Um, one yeah. of them, the commentary referred to, like I think they said it was a gunshot going off. It did sound mm-hmm. like it, it, it. It's incredibly the noise that these chops are making is insane. Yeah. And what I really kind of enjoyed in this match was it was in that period where Kenny was. Uh, was transitioning from uh, junior heavyweight to heavyweight, so he still had uh, a lot of those kind of uh, um, moves in his in his arsenal that he had when he was uh, a lot smaller and a lot faster, uh, stuff like the the, the shotgun chops. But uh, he does a, a move called uh, uh, Kreutz Wrath, where he, he catches his opponent uh, and then with his mu- leg muscles so tense up, he's, he's, he's able to do like a bridging uh, German suplex. It's such a quality oh, move. If you if you look back on his on his earlier uh, performances, he used to wear green um, green uh, like un- underwear, not underwear, but wrestling tights, uh, like the the really short ones, and you oh. could see them. Yeah, trunks. I don't even know why I couldn't even come up with that word. But when he when he did that move in his trunks, you could see the muscles in his leg. How much kind of like force and pressure he put on it's such a an amazing move and, it, and it's something that he's dropped from his arsenal uh in recent times and i really do uh miss that move because it, it's it's looks so devastating yeah definitely a real display of well just just sheer power isn't it really for someone who mm-hmm. yeah sheer strength and power yeah he's he's, he's six thirties. what is he two Thirty, maybe something like that he's not <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination the biggest guy in the world but it just shows how you, how strong and powerful he actually is. Um, Naito also applies a weird, almost 
half backwards version of the figure four at one yeah. stage. I uh, knew you. I knew being a Ric Flair fan, you would pick up on this. And oh, I loved yeah. it. I yeah. loved it. I mean, not only not only the 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 way he put on the figure four, but the way that uh, when Kenny was trying to break out of it, he just kept like kicking him, back heeling him, and then putting his leg back in place. It was such it was so well done. Really enjoyed oh, it, it. It was awesome. I, I I don't think I've seen that before. It was it was mm-hmm. brilliant. I really liked it. Um, yeah. I suppose we get t- towards the closer to the end of the match i guess um the time limit is is ticking down quickly um near fall after near fall after near fall and i bought every single one i think mm-hmm. yeah same uh and uh, we even get uh the the uh super poison rana from uh from nato coming into the last few minutes when uh you think that's it? He's got to be done, and Kenny's able to kind of reverse that into a pin. Really, good, really well worked. Yeah, definitely. And then the the one winged angel attempt, um, mm-hmm. where Naito counters that into. Uh, I think the commentators described it as a knee bar. I mean, that was just so smooth and so. Yeah, I, I think just... it counted. It, he counted one as well into like a the the half destine or the one that he never he always has to kind of redo to put the finishing point on it. Uh, yeah. When he did that, I thought this is it, game over. I mean, obviously knowing the result, I knew that it wasn't, but you you really get absorbed into it. And talking about the time limit, how quick did this 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 match go for you? Because this is a twenty eight ish minute match, and. I felt like it only just really been like 15 minutes, if that, because it was just so, uh, such a frenetic pace. Oh, it, it absolutely flew by. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I can, I can really see why, well, first of all, why you put this up uh, as the next link for us to travel to and, and, and watch, but also why Dave Meltzer, again, his, his star rating is just his opinion. I don't always hold much weight to it, but he's never really mm-hmm. sort of far off with the wrestling I like, I guess. Um, you can see why this is a five-star contest, because it is just bloody fantastic, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's such a uh, such a good match, and, and it's it's shocking that this is his first ever five-star match. Maybe this is when uh, Dave kind of... Uh, discovered his his uh love affair with Kenny Omega and, and and basically every match after that has been four to five stars from Kenny. Yeah, yeah. I mean I, I suppose whilst we're touching on the subject uh, very very quickly like don't want to deviate too much from where we should be going. Um but what what are your overall thoughts and opinions on on Dave Meltzer Max? Uh, have you ever uh, been a subscriber to the newsletter he does or do you think that he you hear some people, especially especially um, guys from inside the business, I guess, the likes of Bruce Pritchard and Eric Bischoff on their podcasts, being very critical of him, saying that he's hurt the business a great deal by giving things away, um, finishes away, and so on that he's heard about and whatnot. Um, but also, uh, there's a lot of people that hold his opinion and his rating system very highly. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I'm someone who's very much in, in the middle. Uh, when I was totally tapped out of of watching wrestling uh he was one of like the sources i'd used to make sure i kind of knew what was going on uh along with loads of pain.net and stuff like that um but i've never been someone who's like a he's his word is gospel but on the in the same breath i've never been someone who who hates everything he does i think there's a there's a He's very divisive in in the wrestling, uh, especially on on Twitter in, the, in our community. People actually either love him or hate him. You don't really get a lot of people who are who are in the middle. For me, um, I'm not so much a big fan of him kind of uh, spoiling uh, upcoming storylines and things like that because. I think that it's got to a point now where it's taken away from the entertainment for me. Um, but in terms of how he rates matches, uh, I've always kind of seen Dave's um, uh, star rating as, as a guard. 
and I think he I think he said many times that that that's exactly how it should be. Uh, don't take his word as as gospel. Uh, but if he if he says a match is four, five, five plus stars, it's something that I'll probably go and check out. I may not agree with him, um, but it, I think he's uh, uh, he gives a good yardstick of, of what is going to be a good match and what's not. I mean, a lot of times he's he's wrong um, in his give uh, matches like one to two stars, and I've thought. That that's clearly got to be some bias there because uh, the matches aren't as bad as all that. Um, but usually, I would I would tend to kind of like agree with him when a match is good or not. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair that's that's a fair summary. I think I, I agree with most of what you said there. Yeah, definitely. Um, I enjoy him when he's on um, other podcasts as well. I, I, when he's been on Jericho's podcast and. Um, I know it's not nice to say because the subject matter sometimes can be quite quite sad. But when he he tends to appear on, say, Talk Is Jericho, when somebody has potentially passed away, and he comes mm-hmm. on to talk about their career and so on. So he's obviously incredibly knowledgeable. Yeah. And that's that that whenever I've heard him doing those kind of shows, I, I really like listening to what he has to say. And yeah. It's just interesting hearing hearing what you think, mate. Really. Yeah, as a wrestling historian, uh, he's up there with with some of the absolute best. Um, sometimes I feel that, uh, and especially recently, he, he does seem to have a bias. Uh, I mean, we all do, really. I mean, there, there's some wrestling that that I don't particularly like, and other people really enjoy. And that's the subjectivity of it. Uh, but that that's also the reason why I wouldn't take everything he says uh, as uh, the true word of the wrestling god, uh, because it, it's the subjectivity of wrestling. You you may not agree with him. No, no, that's very true. Very true. Um, okay, so I suppose talking about stars and so on. I suppose we should get to rating the match ourselves now. So we've just been talking down however people rate things. Let's, let's do our own, Max. We have, <laughs> <laughs> um, normally, at, uh, each show, we go for an out of 10 rating, as long as I remember to do it. Um, Max, do you want to go first or second, mate? Either or? Uh, I'll, I'll happily go first. I think this was an outstanding match. Uh, uh, 30 minutes uh, that is definitely not a waste you will uh, you'll I think any wrestling fan could really find something to enjoy in here. You've got uh, the fast pace, uh, kind of almost junior heavyweight style wrestling. You've got the technical uh, uh, submission based wrestling with the leg lock and, and uh, the modified uh, figure four. And then you've got the brutal hard hitting uh, style that we, we know uh, and love from New Japan. So I think there's a lot in here for, for a lot of fans to, to like. Saying that, I think we've watched better matches on this show already, so it's hard to kind of like say it's on a par with with uh, some of the matches that we've already seen. So even though it's a five star rated match, and I totally agree that it deserves to be a five star rated match, I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. Ooh, okay, interesting, interesting. You say you think we've seen better already. What what ticks that box for you? Well, the uh, the 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 Akada versus Omega match that we watched at uh, Dominion uh, was was a better match than this, I think. I see, I'm the other way, mate. I, I enjoyed this. <laughs> I don't oh, know. I don't know why. I don't know whether it's a bit of dissension in the ranks for the oh, first yeah, time. Definitely, on... definitely. Wow. Um, <laughs> I... well, thanks for listening to the last episode of uh, Chain Wrestling. The chain yeah. has been broken. The chain ends here. No more links. <laughs> um, I, I look at the matches we've already covered, and I think to myself that with, for example, um, Cena Punk, the crowd helps really make that a great match for me. Yeah. Um, the wrestling itself was good, but it's not on the same level as, say, the Okada Omega match and so on. Obviously, um, the Okada, sorry, the Okada Omega match, um, Okada Omega match. Sorry, I can't get my bloody words out, mate. <laughs> the Okada okay, Omega match. So even even your brain is is trying to like tell you don't rate it too highly. <laughs> well, that's it, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but with with that one. Going the time limit, 
I can appreciate that in in part of the story. I can appreciate that as as, as you brought up earlier on the long term storytelling that New Japan have and everything that Omega and Okada were going to do over their series of matches and the draw making sense. However, I like to have a winner, and mm-hmm. the excitement I guess of this getting very close to the time limit, but still getting a finish, and you come back to the crowd. The crowd were into this. The crowd were really into this. And Japanese crowds, to me, sometimes, as we discussed on previous shows, aren't always as boisterous or excitable as their American counterparts, very rarely. That's fair. Um, uh, and I, I think they were quite into this. They seemed to add to the atmosphere. So to me, I'm not saying it's going to be the best thing we've ever watched, but I think the in-ring work was better than Cena Punk, which I rated quite highly. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to have to maybe give this a nine. Okay, I mean, I, I can see your point. Um, I don't agree with it, but <laughs> I can see your point. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Uh, it, uh, it shows, I mean, we, we've spoken about uh, the Hogan and, and, and Rock match where um, you, if you watch that without the sound, uh, it, it becomes a totally different style of match. And yeah, the crowd really is kind of almost like the third person in the ring. So I do, I, I do get that point. Uh, it's just for me, I thought the, the, the storytelling and the, the, the work uh, that we got in Omega versus Okada and the, even on, into a lesser extent, the, the Samoa Joe uh, and, and punk match that we watched. Um, I felt that they kind of just elevated those matches above this one for me. Yeah, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but then again, that's exactly the sort of thing we were talking about with Meltzer and someone, isn't it? That's what's so great exactly. about it. Different opinions, different uh, different mindsets. I mean, we both agree it's very good, no matter what. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it was worth it of being a five-star match. And you can see why Kenny was really kind of pushing himself as this best bout machine, because... The the guy was was early on that path of being arguably the the best wrestler in the world. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so um, from Omega and Naito in the G1 twenty sixteen. Where do we go from here, Mags? Do you want to go first or second, my friend? (laughs) You know, I'm going to let you uh, get your tenuous link to Sergeant Slaughter and Hogan out the way. I'll let you go first. How, how do you know this week I'm even going to do that? <laughs> I was sat downstairs earlier thinking this is wearing a bit thin. Now. Maybe we should actually do Slaughter versus Hogan, get it out of the way because I know how much you hate that match and I hate it too. It's crap. But it's <laughs> no, but I thought, no, no, okay, here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. Okay. Um, Kenny Omega, this weekend, just gone has obviously, um, as we're recording this episode, apologies, uh, he has literally just this weekend gone, been at TNA Hard to Kill pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Uh, main eventing the show there in a six-man tag. I didn't see the show myself, but it got quite a few good reviews online, didn't it, Mags? I saw uh, parts of the show. Uh, I, I hated the Ethan Page Karate Man match. I think they've really done the guy dirty on his way out of the company. But that main event was was really, really good, apart from the Impact Champion took the pin, and I don't know how good that is for business. Mm. Yeah, I suppose time will tell, time will tell, but that is an odd one. I didn't know, I I know that um, Omega's team had won, but I wasn't aware that the Impact Champion had taken the pin. That's quite, that is an odd decision, isn't it? But there we go. But then it's also an odd decision to have Rich one as as the world champion. It just means as <laughs> as, as good as it as good as he's in the ring, um, it doesn't scream world champion to me. No, no, I agree. I agree. There are certain people who I think, as bad as it sounds, they have a ceiling. And I think as a world champion in certain companies, maybe that's not a right match there for that role for that individual but anyway we, we digress um yeah kenny omega was at the hard to kill pay-per-view um in 1990 mags there was a film that came out called hard to kill can you remember who starred in that film well i'm sure it was was it steven seagal it was steven seagal that is some great early 90s film knowledge <laughs> Um, it's one of my many talents there we go um <laughs> steven seagal is also well he's been in many 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 movies um another one from the early 90s that's probably 
perhaps one of his most famous was Under Siege, released in 1992. Um, good film, Matt Max. Yeah, Under Siege. Yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it now, but it's, nah. yeah, it was a decent film. Yeah, yeah. So we got Kenny Omega, Hard to Kill, Hard to Kill film, Steven Seagal in that, Steven Sky Under Siege. Um, do you know what else was Under Siege in the early 90s, Max? Was it uh, Kuwait? It was the United States of America and the rest of the world. Thank God we had Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 7 turning up to save us all from the evil Saddam Hussein. How's that in for you, pal? How's that one? I've got to give you props because the, the effort you put in is just outstanding to, to, to get those kind of uh, six degrees of separation links. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, hopefully you're not picking that match though. Hopefully, no, you've got another match. In I'm hand. not picking that match now. You say, you say the effort that goes into this, I'm not gonna lie, I've got so much time on my hands at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the real link I'm going to go is much, much more straightforward and, and much quicker to explain. Um, Kenny Omega is from Winnipeg. So is, I know, one of your personal favourite wrestlers, um, Mags, Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. I'm basically we're given two options for Chris Jericho matches that intrigue me. I'm not 100% sure which way I'm going to go. Edge versus Chris Jericho at WrestleMania 26 for the world title, I think sometimes gets overlooked quite a bit because of the Taker and Shawn Michaels match on that show. Um, Or we have Michaels himself versus um, Chris Jericho, No Mercy 2008 ladder match. I've been going back and forth between the two all day. I think we'll go with the ladder match, shall we? So we go Kenny Omega from Winnipeg. So is Chris Jericho. We'll have a look at Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels, No Mercy 2008. How's that sound? Uh, it's a, a, a good pick and quite topical with how uh, how uh, Chris Jericho is trying to ruin his status as the GOAT with his uh, recent antics politically and otherwise. Um, but, yeah, let's see where I'm going to go with yeah, this. Yeah, that's so, right, that's... So I think we've been incredibly spoiled with the the picks that we've had. Uh, we've all we've both kind of really gone for great matches, uh, yeah. matches that uh, really stand out. So I think it's time we we flip that a little bit. I think it's time we we got back to the ridiculousness of wrestling uh, instead of watching stuff that we enjoy. How about watching something that perhaps we we may not enjoy? Yeah, so that got me. Okay. That that got me thinking. Uh, we've been basing, a, uh, or at least using for some of the the kind of uh, uh, the context, uh, Dave Meltzer's uh, ratings. Uh, we've mentioned it today in uh, in this episode. So I thought I'd go to the other end of the spectrum uh, and find out what uh, a Dave Meltzer's hit, most hated match, the matches that have got. The, the total worst score that he, he can give. And as of now, his worst score that he's give matches is minus five stars. Why? Okay. Okay. So there's five options. Um, there's um, from uh, Triple Mania 23, I think. Uh, it's uh, the team of Villanos versus the Clowns. Then we've got from uh, 1999, the Heroes of Wrestling, that infamous show uh, where we got Bushwhackers in 1999 wrestling Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik. We've then also got from 1985 on the, I think it's on the WWE Network. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I'll have to check. We've got on a, a episode of the Wrestling Classic, uh, Junkyard Dog versus Moondog Spot. That got minus five. Uh, and then the the two that I'm really kind of contemplating are Halloween Havoc 98, when we got Hollywood Hogan versus The Ultimate Warrior. No. <laughs> no. The, the one I'm actually going to go for is from WrestleMania 2, uh, the, the, the show where they had three uh, shows in three different places and three main events. I'm going with... Mr. T versus Roddy Piper. Oh, God. <laughs> In a boxing match. Oh, my God. Can't we just 
do Hogan slaughter this week? <laughs> <laughs> if okay, there's a tar, yeah. if there's a tar, we should do Hogan slaughter. Okay. So if the <laughs> if the listeners can make this fifty fifty, and we can avoid watching Mister T and Roddy Piper fake slug it out with boxing gloves on, we'll definitely watch Hogan versus Slaughter. Oh dear. Okay, so just to recap for everyone, then we have. Um, Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels in a ladder Vol-Vasar. match. Vol-Vasar. Vol-Vasar. <laughs> uh, from No Mercy 2008. And our second option is Mr. T versus Roddy Piper in a minus five stars boxing match from WrestleMania 2. Those are your two options for where we go next. As always, the the path we tread, the 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 links in the chain that we follow are all down to you good people listening. Um, the poll will be up uh, when you hear this episode. It will already be up, tagged on to the main tweet on our Twitter account, which is at chain underscore wrestling. Go check us a follow there. Make sure you're listening to the episodes. Make sure you're retweeting everything for us. Make sure you're uh, voting in the polls. And as always, give us suggestions where you want us to go. Feedback on the show. Anything you want to do, any interaction is absolutely fantastic. Uh, Mags, whereabouts can people find you, my friend? Yeah, I'd just like to reiterate everything Simon said. This show is absolutely brilliant, and and it's the the fan interaction and the listener interaction that we've had with it has been absolutely mind blowing. We really do appreciate it. Uh, so definitely go and vote for Simon's pick uh, <laughs> because no, nobody wants to relive the the disaster that was uh, WrestleMania two. Uh, yeah, you can. <laughs> Mrs. Simon, definitely this time vote for Simon. But if you don't, <laughs> you can get to fuck. <laughs> but yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at DJ Kirby. I'm involved in way too many uh, podcast projects for any one man to be involved in. So come and uh, at least give us a listen. Uh, it's always a good time over there. Yep, definitely is, definitely is. Um, I am at SJP Words. You can find me there. Um, Check us a follow. And as always, check the Chain Wrestling account a follow if you haven't already. Find us on Facebook as well, um, at Chain underscore Wrestling. Vote in the polls. Uh, Yeah, great stuff. Um, That, I suppose, wraps up another episode. Uh, I'm off now to put my silly cat on a lead and take him for a walk. Um, (laughs) I'll speak to you next week, my friend. You certainly will. Goodbye. Bye-bye.